Tell Me More podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Our guest today is the ultimate girl boss and entrepreneur. She is the co-host of the Happy Hour podcast, co-founder of fashion label Jagger and Stone, and also has her own app, The Basic Girl's Guide. Lucy Jackson has had so much success, but she remains super down to earth and is adored for her realness and zest for life. My name is Olivia Molly Rogers, and I'm excited to get comfortable in the uncomfortable with you and remind you that nobody is perfect and everybody has something going on behind the scenes that you may not know about. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Lucy Jackson. Hello. Thanks for joining me, Queen. Oh my God, it's my absolute pleasure. It's so nice to have you here in beautiful, sunny Melbourne. You know what? Yesterday was sunny. Today it is torrential rain. Every day is different in Melbourne. Keeps you on your toes. It it's does. It's a bit of fun. It does. <laughs> no, I love Melbourne. It is a journey with the weather, but yeah. I do love Melbourne. I've, I've really grown to love Melbourne over the last few years. That's good. Yeah. You are here quite a bit, which is a real treat. We are here all the time for work, which mm. is great. And then I've got some really beautiful friends down here. Do you know what? I've got to say, credit to Melbourne. We always talk about this. Everyone we meet from Melbourne has just got the most unreal hospitality. I love coming to Melbourne. I oh. love the people I meet here. Like other cities, so not nice. as much. I do find that, like I would say probably Sydney more so. I don't want to offend anyone, but it's kind of cold particularly in our industry we're going to events and things yes people totally. can be a bit more standoffish whereas I, melbourne's generally a bit more warm totally and mm. i feel like a lot of people from melbourne that i think are pretty like credible awesome people you know that like people like that's like a pretty big deal of a person mm. so nice so warm always like so um just gives you so much time of day i don't know it's yeah. i don't know if it's a melbourne thing that's i don't know nice. Maybe because it's raining here all the time, people are like, fuck, better be nice. There's not much else happening. <laughs> Otherwise, everyone's going to cry. Yeah. Better be <laughs> also, nice. Also, we, we are having a little champagne. We celebrating. are. Celebrating. Um, you've just launched an app. Congratulations. Thank you. It's actually been going for a few years, but I've just relaunched, relaunched. it and redeveloped it. So it's got a whole new look and feel. But yeah, it's um pretty exciting. And honestly, I've just loved having these events and I've done two now and I've just got to catch up with everyone and see awesome people and have a great time. People think that the influencer, what I hate even referring to us as that, whatever you want to call it, is the industry is like competitive and nasty. It is so not. Yeah. <laughs> it's so nice. Yeah. Well, I think like when people see you doing good things and they're trying to do their own thing, everyone wants to support, support each other. Totally. Yeah. It's so nice. I just, I feel so lucky. I don't think there's any bitchiness in it at all. That's so good. Mm. And it is refreshing to hear that, I think. We love girls supporting girls. Do you not feel like that? No, I do. Oh, yeah. But I know from the outside, like, people don't see that. Yeah, I think yeah. people think that it's, like, this re really catty, like, gnarly world where we all just, like, cut each other down and stuff, whereas I'm, like, I literally love everyone. Well, I literally your event today. <laughs> this morning we had Lucy's uh, event celebrating it's the It's BGG, the BGG. relaunch of the BGG, the app, yep. And we were just sort of calling out everybody's goals and then giving everyone snaps. Yeah, and you we're said, like, snaps I feel like, for you. <laughs> I feel like we're in a cult. 
we are. for everyone. <laughs> but it's so nice. And I just feel like everyone's so upbeat and nice and it's not um, – yeah, I don't know. I just feel very lucky. I feel like everyone's really nice to each other. That's so good. Mm. Now you have your punters. Um, we do. Who love them. love and adore you and I feel like they all know you really well. And I know you've touched on some of this before, but I would love for you to take me back a little bit and tell me about Lucy as a little girl, a little bit of your yeah. childhood. Well, I was a. I grew up um, with a single mum. My dad passed away when I was seven, maybe eight, I think. I think seven, almost eight. So young. So young. And he was quite a, um, he was quite like, you know, famous isn't the right word, but he had a, he was an NRL player. He was very well known. Um, And so when he passed away, it was very public. Um, And my mum, my mum's an amazing woman. Um, And so it was just kind of like this whirlwind, like youth. And I have two younger brothers. And so I grew up with a mum who, probably went through more she was a single mum by the age of 32 with three kids which is younger than I am now she probably had a lot harder of a life at the time or whatever you want to call it than that I would have than I would have given her credit for I think I don't you think it takes until you are that age to actually appreciate what she was going through 100% because you're like I can't imagine now having three kids on my own never and she was just like you know, you think your mum is this like really old, like wise person. And we were actually talking about it. Nikki told me this quote the other day and it was like, give your parents credit. It's their first time at life too or something mm-hmm. like that. And that kind of like hit different. And my mum and I have a great relationship now. But um, yeah, growing up I had this kind of weirdly distant mum. She wasn't very maternal to me. She was really cool. She was like almost like a friend, but it wasn't maternal. I don't know. It's a weird – she wasn't an overly warm, caring mum, but like she was always awesome. Do you you say to me, so was it different how she treated you to how she treated your brothers, do you think? Well, my brothers I don't think had maybe the same needs that they needed like as like men. Yeah. I don't know. It just was always different with my brother's yeah. relationship with my mum. And I'm also the eldest and I think that an eldest relationship with a mum, especially if you're a girl, there's a lot of science behind it, but, like, if you're the eldest and you're a girl, you're almost like this Trojan horse for the family. Like, mm. you're so – so I was, like, always this, like, old bossy sister. Yeah. Super, like, loved my brothers so much. Massive tomboy, had two brothers, like, played every sport and did every extra kill- – curricular activity under the sun like dancing netball soccer drama played the saxophone played the piano like every Every. in the debating team everything just this like crazy like overly stimulated kid um and yeah I just kind of grew up I was just always pretty intense to be honest (laughs) I was just pretty weird and intense Always. I was Gollum at my grade seven. Like literally I wore a bald wig and like a skin coloured. Oh, you actually dressed up as Gollum? Yeah, in my grade seven monologue. Like I proper was Gollum. I was, you know, I in grade 12 I remember we – did you ever do Shakespeare in like high school? Yeah, we dabbled. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. I did Shakespeare and I was was also very much into witchcraft at one point. Okay. Um, And we were the three witches from Macbeth and like I – decked the entire classroom out with lit candles for the performance, turned all the lights off, blacked out the windows. Wow. Just like a really theatrical, intense 
kid, high overachiever, like weird kid. A hundred percent in everything. Yeah. 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 So overachiever academically and sporting wise? I was always pretty smart yeah. at school. Um, like definitely I, when I was younger, I actually struggled a lot at school and then I did this crazy thing called thrust. I don't know if that's like a common thing. I know of it, yeah. Yeah, and then I just became really academic and then I was like always quite academic but it wasn't natural. I just worked really hard at school whereas my brothers are like genius kids. Yeah, they're like really intelligent boys. Um, But I always had to work that bit harder. But I was just like intense at everything. Like I was never going to be bad at school because I was so intense. That's amazing and interesting now knowing what you know because you were diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah, 18 months ago I think it was. Yeah. Do you now look back on your schooling years and you see it differently because of that? Yeah. I mean I think I always knew I was like a little bit – I was like, why am I like always yelling out in class or, you know, wanting to like do the most all the time? And I never really understood it. And I think when I, because my mum's a teacher as well. Oh, is she? Yeah. She's now she's a principal and she's, she was like, well, I don't understand. Like, I don't think that you were the typical, you know, person with ADHD. Cause usually like back then in the nineties, it was like, if you, were ADHD, you were like a young boy with on red cordial, like mm. screaming the roof down kind of vibes. That's what the like stereotype was. Yeah. Whereas I was um, screaming the roof down but in a different way, like, you know, doing a Vanessa Amorossi dance that I'd choreographed the whole class to do, <laughs> you know. It was always like <laughs> more like hectic but like – But like hyper-focused. Yeah. Like, but doesn't it – from what I know, I actually don't know all that much about ADHD, um, but I do think that it presents differently in, in males and females generally anyway. I think it presents differently across the board. Yeah. Every individual is so different um, and it's like called a spectrum, right? Yeah. Of You could be way more intense in some areas and not in others. It's just like a very, very broad – there's no kind of – one shoe fits all yeah. mold. Which is why I think it's tricky because everyone on TikTok seems to be sort of reading something and then they're like, oh, my God, I have that. Totally. And I do think it is – I think that ADHD is a lot more common than people thought it was, mm. but I do think that it is just common things that every person has. So, for example, my business partner and I, Nikki, she is like the most – opposite to me in some areas person but then also I'll be like oh you know I can't open my emails today because of this Mm. and she'll be like well I can't open my emails either so maybe I'm ADHD for instance that's like a really bad example but no but it's like you hear symptoms and then you start thinking oh maybe you could diagnose you could make yourself fit the brief 100% if you wanted to and I think that's the thing like ADHD for me, I mean, everyone's different, but it is just things that everyone does. But I just do them way more often all the time and it stresses me out way more. How does it present for you then? I just am like kind of a bit of an extremist. Like I am either like really, really, um, you know, if I'm really into something and it's running or if it's Pilates, then fantastic. But if it's a boy that likes to party on the weekends 
that I'm really hyper fixated on and then that's what I'm doing and I'm that's my life revolves around kind of it's toxic yeah. yeah so it just it all presents in different kind of ways and shapes and sizes and like I'm the, I'm a really good initiator mm-hmm. like I can come up with an idea get the wheels in motion for a million things and then will I reply to any email no does that make sense yeah Everyone's different though. So you you can start things, but it's hard to sort of follow through. Yeah. I really need, um, especially now that we are, we've got our fingers in a lot of different pies, I really need, and we are just about to employ our first PA, thank goodness. But um, I really need essentially like a, a right-hand person to see through all the kind of things that I initially just do because – Again, a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to like follow up on things. I every no one wants to, but for me, it's almost like an impossible task. It's not a lack of want; it's like that you just can't do it. Or it's just that I'm like, it's my focus has already shifted onto the next thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it does make sense now that you've got so many different interests and you're doing so many different things. Yeah, but it's, in, it's exactly what that is. Yeah. But the fact that you manage to have such a successful podcast and clothing line and your app and so many things thank you while you're managing that is really impressive but also confusing like how how do you do it well I'm medicated now thank goodness gracious me um when I got diagnosed I was medicated which has like helped a lot Mm -hmm. not to say that it's been like the solution and like a healthy lifestyle and routine really works for me like it's that's my kind of um you know, it's like nature's medicine, like, you know, waking up, going to the gym, jumping in the ocean. I live on the Gold Coast. Mm. Um, and then going to work is just like that's the best, that's better than any ADHD medication I could possibly ever have. Yeah. Mm. Nikki did say today that she's like if you speak and it's the morning and you haven't been to the gym or you haven't done something in the morning she's like please go for a walk because our day will be much better if you do that it's crazy how much impacts me and I find it really interesting like this is a bit off topic but I watch a lot of TikTok and in America I find a lot that they're like I get up at 10 a.m and I'm like really you're crazy and they're like (laughs) and then I just like you know like go to my computer and start start working and I'm like my mental health if that's what I was doing every day would be absolutely oh yeah half, oh. Your, half your day is gone half your day is gone you haven't moved your body mm. but like I don't know is that just an Australian thing that we just like that I don't know anyone that sleeps until 10 I don't think I think Hayley Bieber gets up at 8.30 or 9 o'clock really mm. I don't think people in Australia would admit to it mm-mm but yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. It's, and this isn't people that have ADHD. You're talking about just like. Just people in general. Really? Whereas I'm like, I'm up like between five and six on like a normal day at the latest. That I mean, that's impressive. What that's time do you like get up? Queensland thing. Oh, like seven? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, so Queensland. You're judging me. I am. <laughs> Seven's early. Seven's no? like I'm running late for work. We start work at eight. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, seven's my. I used to try for early, but I'm a night owl. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone's got their own routine. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's a crazy thing. I just find, like, if I'm not up at a certain time and I love exercising in the morning, I just love it. Yeah. It's my, like, happy thing. Yeah. I hate it at the time, 
But then after. You never regret it after. Yeah. When I walk out of that Pilates class at 6.30, I am like, chi fucking who? Let's go. <laughs> I'm getting my coffee. I'm having my Dexy and I am ripping in today. Look at me. I'm the queen of the world. I am the best. I am the best. I know. If I sleep until seven and I'm like going to work, rushing to get a coffee, I'm like, I hate my life. Yeah. No, you definitely feel like a really good person when you exercise early. Oh, it's the best. What was it that actually got you to the point where you were like, I need to um, have an assessment for ADHD or did someone tell you to get assessed? Well, I think... So just before COVID, I broke up with my long-term partner. We were together for 13 years. Was it 13? Holy yeah, God. it's a long time um, or just in the middle of COVID, in that period. Mm. Um, and that just completely changed my life. In a, Not like in a necessarily like I wasn't spiralling or like depressed or anything, but it definitely like, you know, 13 years is a, such a long time to be oh. with someone and I think that it really shaped who I was as oh, a person. It's a huge adjustment. Yeah. So then when I went through that and it was COVID, I started to spiral a little bit. Well, I just said I didn't spiral. I definitely spiraled a bit. But I started to spiral a little bit. Like I kind of was figuring out where I was meant to be placed in life and, you know, mm. it was I was already 30 so it wasn't like super young and blah, blah, blah. You spend a long time with someone, you just think that that's going to be it and then it's not. And then I spiraled and I just I could not I was so negative like I just could not get out of this negative I was fixated on being sad essentially and not just about that but like about a myriad of things like there was so many a lot of my relationships around me like friendships and stuff started to suffer because I was so I guess just not well and just uh, stuck in your head maybe. So Well, yeah, and I was like, I just don't understand. And then because I was so stressed and unhappy, I could not focus at work at all and I already struggled so much to focus because mm. I had ADHD but didn't know. Yeah. Um, but, like, this was a whole other level of, like, I was – I couldn't even sit down to write one word of an email pretty much, just, yeah. like, so bing bong. We call it bing bong, which is a really cute way of just saying like completely unhinged. But <laughs> I, was, I like that. I'm going to adopt that. Yeah, I was just completely bing bong and I just could not, you know, figure it out. And like my – I just couldn't regulate my emotions yeah. and I was just – I couldn't focus. I couldn't get anything done. And um, But all the at the same time being like a kind of really big – not overachiever but just like really – always had a million ideas, always like talking to people and like wanting to start things and then just not having any kind of means to like see things through because I was so just like bing bong. Bing bong. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so it was kind of in that period, I guess, I just got to the point where I was like something has got to give. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going on but I need to go and see a psychiatrist. And I went to like the GP and went and started talking to a psychologist. Yeah. And then – they were like, I think you should go to a psychiatrist um, just to see if there's any actual kind of uh, – is medical the right word? Like actual kind of like diagnosis we yeah. can give you. Um, that, so can a psychologist not diagnose ADHD? No, you oh. have to go to a psychiatrist. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, to get any kind of prescription, you have yeah. to be diagnosed by a psychiatrist. I'm sure they kind of can 
Well, they can diagnose maybe, but not medicate. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And so then I went to a psychiatrist and during COVID, that's when a lot of people were coming out being like, I've got ADHD. It was a huge thing on TikTok. I didn't actually look at TikTok then. I wasn't into my TikTok era. So that kind of wasn't where I was learning about it. Um, but it was a lot more of a spoken about thing. Yeah. So I like checked in for a um, assessment assessment, and it took months. Really? Months, months and months and months to even get into the doctor. Oh, right. Yeah, it took. But I think, not the actual like process of getting diagnosed. Oh, gosh, no. I walked in there and yeah. the, my doctor was like, oh, you're absolutely unhinged. You, She didn't say that. She's a professional, but <laughs> she was like, she you have ADHD. You are bing bong. Yeah, yeah. I know what you've got. It's this little thing I like to call bing bong. <laughs> But she was like, no, you've the honestly textbook. And it's actually wow. really funny because they have to call someone in your interview. Well, it's not an interview, but in your assessment. diagnosis or, yeah, whatever, assessment and basically verify what you're saying. Because obviously a lot of people try and get their hands on yeah. ADHD medication. It's very regulated. Mm. Like you've given exactly the right amount for the right amount of days and then the second you run out, you've got like a few days window to go back to – yeah. The pharmacy, like it's it's very regulated, but um, so they have to call someone in your analysis to basically confirm or deny, like, like a close family member or friend or something. Yeah. yeah. So my doctor had to call Nikki, who's my business partner, and basically be like, "What's your relationship with Lucy? Are these things that she's like attesting to true, essentially?" And she was like, "Yeah, and the rest, like, do you want to? What hear? else do you want to know? <laughs> yeah, what do you want to know?" <laughs> And so, yeah, my doctor was just like, yeah. And so then I've been um, medicated ever since. How did you feel getting the diagnosis? Some people are like, oh, it was life-changing. I felt like a weight had been lifted off to my shoulder. To be honest, I felt, I was like, oh, th- like makes a lot of sense. Mm. I'm really grateful that now I have something to essentially – I don't want to say put it down to, but like. But kind of. Yeah. An explanation. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I didn't have that kind of groundbreaking, like my whole world changed in that moment. I was just like, and do you know what is this? Did you shitty- feel like sad or disappointed or like any negative feelings about it? Nah, nah. That's good. Um, and my dad had um, like he. I think it probably runs in his family. Okay. Um, some very complex mental health problems of sorts like whether it be ADHD or bipolar or whatever it's hereditary in my Mm. family um and so it made a lot of sense okay yeah um but it was weird though because a lot even my some of my brothers some of my brothers I have only have two but you know some people don't believe in ADHD they just think it's this big like TikTok trend that young people are like using to like get out of working hard Mm. and I'm like oh, yeah, I don't think it's an excuse to, like, not get your assignments in or whatever, you, like, whatever you're using it as. But I do yeah. think it is something that is very real. Well, it helps you to understand yourself more. And exactly. And hopefully the people around you as well. Yeah. And just also then be able to, like, use those tools to better your way of handling things and, mm. and things like that rather than being so kind of, yeah, it just it's it's honestly just given me a bit of a tool book, I guess, to be able to understand myself as a person and how to better handle situations yeah. and what I should do to make my life less erratic. Yeah. Stressful. Mm. 
Mm. Do you think, going back to your long-term relationship, Mm. do you think in hindsight that your ADHD had any impact on that relationship? No, 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 no. Our relationship was great. We had a great, um, oh, I mean, I was always like, we were polar opposites. Mm. He was like very chill um, and I was the opposite, but (laughs) for lack of a better word, but no, our relationship was, was fine. It was just. So what was it that led you to end that relationship? Like, I feel like being with someone for 13 years is such a long time. So long. And you said it was great. And you were 30, 30, 30? Yeah, 30. Oh, we broke up when I was 30 and then the kind of breakup prolonged over a year. Okay. Yeah. What made you make that decision? Because I, I know, like, obviously I also ended a long term. It wasn't as long. It was nearly five years, but a marriage. That's still very long. Like, it's yeah, not, like it's, relationships don't need to be measured by well, the, no, the length of time. But, yeah, like a long-term relationship, yeah. very much lives completely intertwined. Mm. You know, we had a house, we were married, had a dog. Um, I'm assuming you guys, you lived together, you yeah, had, yeah. you know, your lives were very intertwined. How did you make the decision to move on from that when, you know, you were at that age? It's a tricky one. I, it's been like almost three years now, like two, three years since that all went down. And I, I look back with a lot of hindsight mm. um, and it's interesting. I feel like growing up with a single mum, and watching my mum raise three kids on her own, I innately developed a great fear of ending up not with someone forever. Yeah. And I loved my partner very much and he was an amazing partner. So it wasn't that I wasn't very invested in it, but there was just for me I was like surely we've known each other our whole lives pretty much. Surely this just can't be it. Like I'd, yeah. I'd be – haven't done all these things, like this just can't be it. So I guess I was just always that little bit curious. I've never been like overly – I don't love attention from – I'm not one of those girls that thrives from a lot of male attention Mm. at all. Um, But I just kind of – I guess I just always was like curious and I was confused as to why I wasn't certain about us being together forever. Like I knew I loved him. I knew that I was very happy. I knew that we were in a great thing. Mm. But I was like, why aren't I 100% certain, like look at him every day and be like, I cannot wait to marry this man. Like I was like, I love him and I want to be with him forever. Like breaking up would feel awful. But I wasn't like, I want to marry him tomorrow. And I think that that's something maybe as – people were programmed to think that's how you're meant to believe or what you're meant to think. I think it's a really hard thing to figure out like what a normal amount of doubt is because I had doubts. I've had doubts in every past relationship that I've had. Yeah. But then it's hard to figure out like what's a normal amount of doubt and just like, like it's human nature to doubt some things. And I also, I'm an anxious person and I'll like, you know, overthink things. Totally. So then I was like, well, is that just normal to feel that way? Exactly. And that's, I so think. So, how do you, like, how did you figure out that it was more than just like a normal amount of doubt? I don't know. I think I just, you know, I was, again, I don't think I ever will, I'll never be like fully set on the fact that that was a good or a bad decision because yeah. still to this day, I'm like, I, I still have nothing 
bad to say about that relationship. I've only got great things to say about that relationship. So I don't ever sit there and be like, well, that was the right decision. But I feel like because I was so young when it all kind of started, I think if I never did what – if it never ended, I would have always wondered. Yeah. And maybe that was the right decision. Maybe that was the wrong decision. But It was the best decision at the time. It was the only decision I could make. Yeah. Because otherwise I would have been like so – I would have been like, you know, married for five years, two kids, and I would have been like, did I do the right thing? Whereas I think now I've just kind of eliminated, you know, I've just done what I needed to do. Yeah. Whether it was the right or wrong thing, I've done what needed to happen. Yeah. For me. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it's been a rough journey, babe. And like, you know, we've spoken about this many times just between us, but like being single in your 30s is so much more complicated than I think I thought it would be. Yeah. And that I think other people, other people like, Lucy, I don't get it. Like, you know, you're such a catch, like you've got so much going on, you've got a lot of friends, you know, you're so fun, you're whatever, just like talking myself up there, but, you know. Well, I can attest to all those things. I definitely agree. I I think there are so many women in this sort of situation who end up single in their 30s who are amazing and they don't seem to be meeting the right well, you know, a, or guy, a guy that matches up to their level. But I think there's something to be said about the fact that when you are in your 30s and you have your own success and you've built your own life and you're independent, you don't need someone. So they have to be really, really special for you to want to actually invest your time in them. Yeah. I think everyone is so different, right? And, like, I definitely – I think when I was younger – I grew up in a small town where there were like 10 boys and 10 girls. So like if you're one of the 10 girls, you're hooking up with one of the 10 boys. Yeah. That's happening, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, fortunately for me back then that one of the 10 boys was a great catch, dated him That's for 13 years. Wow, okay. Legend, like no bad blood there. But for me now, I meet a gazillion dudes all the time. And I just don't like any of them. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just don't. I just occasionally there'll be one that I'll, you know, have like a bit of a interest in. But for the most part, I just, I meet so many people. I'm mm. very fortunate. Like I live in a very social atmosphere. Like I've got a lot of social people around me. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just doesn't have that. Spark. Mm-hmm. I haven't for so long. I haven't mm. liked anyone for so long. That is interesting. So when your friends say to you, like, Lucy, I don't get it because you're a catch, what's going on? Mm. What is your response? What do you say? I go, fuck me either, babe. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it's a bit – I'd love a route, to be honest. <laughs> it's been a fucking hot minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like um, It's not like I'm there being like, oh, no, you know, I just – I'm still waiting for the right one. I'm just like, yeah, fuck, it's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) So you do date though, right? Oh, I've been on dates. I wouldn't say I date per se. Okay. I'm also such a – I'm a really black and white person. Yeah. So I either, you know, like someone or I don't. You're Mm. either like one of my people that I love or I don't. Yeah. You know, I don't have – I need to work on that. (laughs) Not necessarily because I also think that's something that comes with age is like as you know yourself more, you know what you like. 
I've found, I think the older I've gotten and, you know, ending my relationship, like you learn so much about yourself. So much. In that time, in therapy. Um, do you do therapy? <sighs> Listen, it's been a journey <laughs> with therapy. I actually have had like four or five different ones and I just am like, this is so boring. Really? Like talking about my feelings, can't be fucked. I'm such a cynical person. Mm. I also like just would rather sit around with a wine with my friends and be like, oh, my God, and could you believe I said this, ha, 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 rather than be like, and what did that mean? Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Mm. But, it, I mean, it helps. I have therapy in many different ways. I think yeah. that therapy comes in so many shapes and sizes. I think for me, spending time with my friends and talking about things, you know, people like Alexis, like I'm lucky to have very kind of skilled friends in the area, yeah. you know, um, neuroscientist bestie it was yeah. always handy um, I listen to a lot of podcasts I yeah I just haven't found that therapy has worked for me yet okay but I do still I would never look back on what I've done so far and I don't regret it like I'm I'm glad mm. but I just haven't had that kind of moment yeah that makes sense mm. um how do you deal this is something that I get asked about asked about a lot is like people see, you know, a post on social media, like going to weddings, friends, baby showers. So many of my friends have now had babies or are having babies, um, getting married, getting engaged, all of those things that, I mean, I did one part and then thought I'd be doing the rest of it. Mm. I imagine we're a similar age. Mm -hmm. You've got the same sort of thing happening. How do you deal with being on a different path to what they're on and not comparing yourself too much or not getting too caught up in that? I mean, it's just natural to feel the pressure mm. when you're in those environments. But for the most part, I have just such an awesome, amazing group of girlfriends that in those environments I am so generally thrilled to be there for my friends and with my friends. Yeah. It's not about not wanting to like, you know, it's not about being sad about them having that happiness mm -hmm. per se. It's thrilled for them. Yeah. And also, to be honest, some of my friends that have got two kids, I'm like, fuck, I'd way rather be me. Like, <laughs> honestly, you've mm. you've been to lunch twice this year. Like, yeah. I don't know. I You're don't. Just having champagne on a Wednesday. Right. Mm. I don't, I don't feel that kind of huge level of. Missing out. Missing out yet or like your life is better than mine yet. I, I think maybe in five years' time you probably ask me the same question. I'd probably feel a bit different. Yeah. And I love kids. I can't wait to be a mum. Like I'm going to be such a fun mum. I know that. Absolutely. But I don't yet feel that kind of crazy um, comparative, you know, for because like I know people getting married also is – you know, a big deal, but it's all, they're not, they're not changing. The lifestyle doesn't change. No. They're still just the same people. They just yeah. have a really fun party where you get to dress up. So fun. Yeah. I do find though, you know, it is harder being single. I more sort of think about it like I don't get jealous about my friends having the things that they have or like get comparatively envious, but I definitely do get lonely mm. in the chapters or the Sundays when you're at home alone when you're lonely. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But I think if I, I had another friend there hanging out with me, then I'd be like, oh, it's whatever. Yeah. Mm. How do you cope with that in those like lonely moments? 
I don't cope very well. <laughs> no, I'm okay. Um, I mean, no, everyone has that lonely feeling. I feel like we would be crazy if we said we didn't. Yeah. Um, but what are some things that you do to sort of pull yourself out? Like I, for me, because I live by myself and I actually love living by myself, but it can be lonely. Super and lonely. It can be very quiet. So I like to always have like music playing or like a podcast or like the TV on. Oh, always the TV on. Yeah. I think as well for me on a Sunday, like if I'm like waking up hungover, we've had a big night with the girls on the Saturday night and I know that they're all at home with their partners like making lunch and having a going swimming at the beach and having Mm. a beautiful like gorgeous hungover day together and I'm just at home like probably still wearing my makeup from last night and (laughs) just being a bit of a grot. I always do try and like just do the kind of adult things that make you feel less you know, yeah. trudge. So like, you know, I'll clean the house. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, have a shower, call me crazy, <laughs> go for a swim <laughs> in the ocean, um, yeah. you know, burn some incense in my clean house, mm-hmm. put a movie on and instantly you just feel like it's way less kind of, um, you know, dark yeah. and chaotic. It's yeah. just like, yeah, I'm watching a movie, but I'm choosing to watch a movie, not like, oh, I'm so sad and hungover and I'm just yeah. wallowing in my own filth watching a movie. Yeah. A bit more wholesome. It's a lo- little bit more wholesome. I'll usually try and if I'm feeling like, you know, really good, even though I'm hungover, I'll like instead of getting over eats, I'll like zip down to the shops and get food to make dinner. Yeah. Even if it is just for me and my dog, you know, mm-hmm. I'll still do those things. Like you have to make those the effort that you would put in if there was someone else there, you have to sometimes just put into yourself even though it's not – it would be a lot easier to take the lazy, rotting Uber Eats option. Sometimes you need to just put that little bit of effort into yourself in order to pull yourself out of those moments. It is it is hard though. That's really good advice though. I love that. Mm, I you do. Like you often you would think to do something more for someone else. And make your house nice for someone else, like if someone's exactly. coming over. But, yeah, you do need to do it for you. And even, it feels so good when you do. Even little things like this is, you know, a bit gross. But, like, you know, if you're there alone rotting in your own field, like sometimes, like, you know, you you just won't even have have a shower. Like you'll just be a grot. Like it's a bit gross. But I think people <laughs> do gross. do that. And that's, like, oh, yeah. how depression, like, spirals. Just mm. people just sleeping in, not you know, looking after themselves. Mm. But sometimes just doing those really basic looking after yourself things Mm. is all you need to kind of lift your mood enough to kind of feel like, okay, I've got – it might not be much, but it's something going on. Yeah. Well, you've ticked some boxes. Exactly. You mentioned earlier to me that you are going to freeze your eggs this year. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Um. Are you happy to talk about that? Yeah, of yeah. course. I've got I'm pretty much an open book. Amazing. Um, what made you want to do that? So I think, which we spoke about today at my event that I had, um, basically, you know, life is crazy and goals, I'm a big goal maker. I'm a big achiever. Like I love achieving. I love thriving and like I love setting a goal and doing it. Mm -hmm. Even if no one else knows that I've done it, it's honestly I just am like patting myself on the back for weeks like slay. (laughs) If I get up in the morning and go to the gym, I'm like, you are the queen. (laughs) You did so well today, girl. Um, So for me, I'm like, you know, I do want to have a family. Yeah. I do want to 
um, find a partner and – but I do not want the pressure of stressing out about finding someone in order – like I had an amazing relationship for many years. Yeah. I didn't leave that to go and just get knocked up by some fuckwit just so I can have a baby. Yeah. So I am not rushing that process and I – put a lot of pressure on myself like you've got to find someone Lucy you're 33 if you don't find someone you're you know every week that goes by you're less fertile or whatever like and so I just was like I need to take off that some of that pressure for myself just purely I don't want to just have a baby with anyone I've got like I told you earlier I've got a massive fear of ending up like a single mum so you wouldn't consider like getting a sperm donor and doing it on your own listen in five years time if i'm in the same boat maybe yeah because i would want to have kids but like right now i i don't want to just have a baby with someone for the sake of having a baby like i i don't know i'm just so i'm ready to just find a great life partner and have kids and a family like i don't want to just like meet someone have a baby and then they're a total fuckwit and i've got to put up with them for the next 18 years yeah. like that to me just seems like fucking torture oh, it is a nightmare and I think a lot of people do do that they end up having a kid with the wrong person because they're so desperate to have a kid and that was my fit that was part of the reason I froze my eggs as well mm. I th- feel like it's like people say you know it's not it's not complete insurance because it's, there's not a guarantee that you're going to have a baby from it but I do think it's like this peace of mind it feels like the security Totally. That takes the pressure off of dating as well. Like, so you don't have to go in and be like, okay, how many kids do you want? Is this happening? Like, oh, and not that it even gets to that with me. I'm like, oh, dating. (laughs) How was your week? Like, it's so awkward. (laughs) No, I've actually been on a couple of good dates. A fly on a wall of a first date with you. Oh, I've had some pearlers, babe. I've had some really good ones, to be fair, but I've had some absolute pearlers, which I'm not going to tell right today. We'll have to do another episode just mm. for some, some dating stories, I reckon. Mm. But I think it just, you know, you can only control what you can control and mm. what I can control is freezing my eggs. Yeah. I don't want to rush into something with the wrong person if I can avoid it. It might happen. Who knows? Yeah. You can't foresee the future, but where I can look after myself, I will. And that's why I've decided to freeze my eggs. I just want that little bit of peace of mind. Yeah. Bit of pressure off. Go back to just like being less pressure about it, and well, so you can focus on other things. I and just yeah. yeah, enjoy life. Yeah, I just don't think we need that taking up all of our brain space. You no, got, you got too many things going on in there. No, and like I just also don't. I'm not take the finding a partner side out of it. I'm not. I don't want a kid next week either. Yeah. So like naturally, it's hard for this world we live in now because for a lot of people your career doesn't really start taking off until you're in your 30s and then all of a sudden you're like living this epic life where you have this great job and you're you know amazing opportunities making money like having a great time you might have bought a house and then all of a sudden it's like oh now you've just got to go and birth a small human and say goodbye to the sweet life (laughs) just as you get it bit of a tough gig really <laughs> it's a bit of bullshit I'm like hang on hang on hang on yeah you're not ready to give that up yet I just had a beautiful lunch at Beverly rooftop I'm not going home to look after my kid not right now <laughs> no thank you maybe in five years but not right now <laughs> yeah. 
that's fair enough. Now, Lucy, you have had so much success, which is amazing. And I just love seeing you killing it. Thank and you. I feel like it is just going up. Feelings and up. mutual, doll. Thanks, I'm happy doll. for you always. Oh, you're the best. What would you like? I don't imagine that you saw yourself doing this. I feel like everything sort of progressed really naturally to get to where you are now. So gradually. Yeah, but like it just all sort of makes sense, I feel. Like everything sort of happened as it's supposed to. I feel like we've been very lucky. I like obviously share like a lot of my career with my bestie, Nick, and we have got a very similar kind of story. But we've been so lucky. We've had like such an amazing gradual, you know, progression to Mm. where we are now. We didn't like wake up one morning with a viral TikTok that then just made us earn a gazillion dollars overnight. We've been the young career girlies before Instagram was even, you know, a thing. Mm. Um, Then we've done the, you know, we had 20,000 followers and we pitched ourselves out. We made like documents and pitched ourselves out and being like, we will do this for your brand. Like then we've like transitioned into the like startup girls, you know, starting their own business. And then we've transitioned into like podcast girls and We've been so – I just love that it has just been this really gradual thing because we've enjoyed every minute of it. It's so good. And I feel like that's where – I mean, everyone's different, but I feel like that's where – that's what life's all about. It's about enjoying it. It's not about – like it's – that's that corny cliche thing. It's like life isn't about the destination. It's about the journey. Yeah. And we've had the most unreal – progression over the years and enjoyed every minute and thought at every minute that it was the best time like we were like yeah you know I was in Melbourne when I was like 24 I was working for a fashion brand back then called Mink Pink do you remember Mm. Mink Pink yeah I loved Mink Pink it was like the sleigh brand it was like the go-to festival outfit yeah and yeah and I was like so young and I was working crazy hours I was like living in Sydney, but they were like, I was living in Melbourne temporarily in an Airbnb, you know, um, earning, I reckon I was earning like 40 grand a year. Like I was barely, I could barely afford my morning coffee and any kind of like Mm. lifestyle. And I remember the first time I went to Rebs and I bought like an $18 vodka Vodka Red Bull Bull or something. And I was like, fuck yeah. (laughs) I have made it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is unreal. And we were with this guy who is still a friend of ours today. Like it's, that's how much like, you know, the people you meet in your early years are still – we worked with him at Red Bull then yeah. and now he's like – Cheers. Cheers. And now he's like was our, you know, part of like our tour thing for Grapevine. Like it's all full circle. But I remember he got us a free drink and I was like, slay. Slay. <laughs> A free drink. This is unreal. I got into this nightclub in the back door, mind you, didn't have to line up. And I was like, fuck yeah. We've snuck into more things than you want to know. (laughs) You know. It's paid off though. Nikki's strategy is like she'll like, she's like the charmer. So she like goes in with the, I think we're on the list, whereas I'm like climbing the back fence. (laughs) Like it's two very different kind of like approaches. (laughs) That's a good visual. Yeah, but it's it's. Honestly, the best ever and I'm so glad because, like, not to, like, put shade on young TikTokers or whatever but, like, you know, there's a lot of people in the industry and they, like, are so young Mm. and they've, like, woken up one day to a huge amount of success and 
not that's not to say that that's going to be the like end of their career, but like I just don't think they have the same amount of like Got enjoyment it. for things. There's that I think it's yeah, like a lack of gratitude and a lack of um appreciation because it happens overnight and then I think you can just start taking things for granted if it does happen too quickly. And take it for granted and also just like half of them won't even have a bloody shardy when you're at the venue. I'm like Lap this up. My grandma would kill to be at the Oz Open. <laughs> Lap it up. <laughs> and they're like, can't wait to leave on the dot at the time. And I was mm. like, can't relate. Yeah. You're kicking me out of this box. <laughs> I am I ain't fucking I'm- leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, but also we're just big havers of fun. Yeah. So, you know, it's, yeah, every, everyone is so different. Yeah. And I think that that's, but I am so glad that we've had the journey that we've had because yeah. it just means every day is better and funner That's and so just another reason to just be so grateful. So good. On that, if you could go back to Lucy pre everything that you've done when you were a Red Bull girl, yeah, what would your advice be? Oh, well, Red Bull girl Lucy, 21-year-old Lucy, mm. she was a fucking go-getter then. So I'm... I'd firstly say tips for Dora to you, Luce. You're fucking killing it. Um, I was a hustler. Mm. Even when I was like 19, I had like four jobs. I was promoting events. I was a Red Bull girl. I was podium dancing. Don't ask. <laughs> I, Make, I making really want bank. to ask. Um, I was just doing it all. But I would say to her, just keep going. If you've got an idea of what you want, your life to be and you're willing to have a fucking sick time and work hard, you will just forever be bearing the fruits of your labour because that's it's not about the job or the money or whatever. It's about just having the greatest time while you do it. I love that. It's the best ever. You have such good advice, which is why – we love the Basic Girls Guide. We love it. So many great quotes, um, all the good stuff. It's the best. I want to finish with a little segment called Oranges and Lemons. Okay. You're going to give me your lemon first. Lemon is something that's happened today that wasn't so great. Yep, I can tell you one. And then your orange is something It was your favourite part of the day so far. All right, so lemon today, we were so hungover when we woke <laughs> up this morning and we had to go and get our hair and makeup done at 6am. And I was like, yep, all right, come in, just get it done. We went and we got it done. We were like feeling great, love our like Melbourne Glam Squad, best ever. Like, wow, oh, my God. We look good. We've got a bit of time up our sleeve. Should we wait for our toasties to get here on Uber Eats? Just like absolutely thinking that we were so – we're really bad at time management. Um, And we're like, fuck, yeah, let's just wait for our toasties, all right. Waited for our toasties. The toasties arrive. Um. Jump in the Uber. The traffic in Melbourne is insane. Particularly when it's raining, it's very bad. So bad. Um, I'm going to be running late for my own event. <laughs> um, I'm getting my phones blowing up. You know, everyone's like, hey, we're on our way. What time should we be there? I'm not even back at my hotel. I'm getting my Uber now. I'm on my way. I'm not even dressed. I'm not even at my hotel to get dressed. I was like, Nick was like, I feel sick because our Uber was stopping and starting the whole time because it was like really bad traffic. Mm. Nick's like, I feel sick. I was like, fuck, this is one of those moments. <laughs> this is a lemon. This is a major lemon. 
I got dressed. This is actually kind of funny. I got dressed and then was like to the people in my elevator, I'm so chaotic. I was like, oh, I'm running late. I'm running late. I'm running late. They're like, oh, my gosh, get the lady out of the uh, out of the elevator. She's running late. They open the elevator doors and I just run out in a frantic chaos, Run, do a loop. I'm on the wrong level. I'm not even on the le- I was. Then I get a message from a punter going, ha, ha, did I just see you frantically running and yelling through the Metropole crown? I go, you did, my guy. <laughs> Um, so that was a lemon. I was like, I'm going to be late. And I, I've like learned a lot in my life. I'm never early, but in my thirties, I try not to be too late to things. Mm. I just think that there's something nice about being like as punctual as you can be, like at least within like a 10 minute window, you know? Mm. Um, so that was my lemon, but then my oranges was arriving in the nick of time and just being at the event today with like so many epic chicks who was just killing it, but also my friends, mm. I just felt so proud. Yeah, it was such a nice event. It was, it was nice. Definitely a real orange for me as well. And coming here, of course, oh, and hang out with you. You don't have to say that. Uh, no, I mean it. <laughs> I what appreciate a fun day. that. It's been such a good day for the girls. I know. I just like, I feel like there's a lot of talk online about like women supporting women, but you don't always see it actually happening. So when you're seeing it playing it out, playing out, it's so nice. And I just think, yeah, like I said earlier today, I just think there's so much room for everyone. Mm. And I think, you know, I'm a, it can be a feisty, bitter bitch, like 100%. But I just think there's so much room for everyone and it's so nice to be in, in an environment and in a community or whatever you want to call it mm. where we're all just so kind, everyone supports each other, everyone's different, everyone's yeah. on their own journey, but there's no kind of um, – It's not Well, personally, I don't feel yeah. cut down or competitive with anyone. Yeah. But I also think that's – yeah, it speaks to – you and how you are and that you're secure in yourself like I think there's yeah it's a credit to you that you feel that way as well and you too thanks thanks doll (laughs) we'll be supporting each other we'll be out here supporting (laughs) hey but I want to say this here speaking of support your podcast with us was one of our highest downloads ever really and we never have high downloads on guest um yeah guest ones because People, I mean, don't re- people just want to hear us getting cooked, but... It's divorce, babes. Yeah. It's, people want to hear about that. <laughs> people want to hear about <laughs> the team. But I appreciate that, but I do think it's nosiness more than anything, but thank you. Well, keep them on their toes, babe. Keep them nosy. <laughs> keep them nosy. <laughs> They'll keep downloading. <sighs> All right, Luce, where can our listeners find you? Just give me a follow on Instagram, Lucy Kate Jackson. Mine and Nikki's Instagram is... I think it's like Lucy underscore and Nikki or something like that. Our podcast is Happy Hour with Lucy and Nikki. Mm-hmm. Our brand is Jagger and Stone. A Basic Girls Guide is a Basic Girls Guide. We've got a diary on the um, table diary, here. Yeah. Basic yeah. Girls Guide, download the app. Download the app. You'll get your shit sorted. It, you, syncs, it syncs your Google Calendar, right? It syncs with your Google Cal, mm. gives you a period tracker, daily affirmations, your horoscope. Everything you need. All the things for the ladies. And the boys. And the boys. For everyone. But mainly the girls. Cheers. Well, cheers, darling. Thank you for having me on. (laughs) Pleasure. Love ya. Love ya. Thanks for listening to Tell Me More. This show wouldn't be possible without you. If you'd like to show your support, please subscribe or follow the podcast on your favourite platforms. And don't forget, you can watch full episodes on YouTube and Spotify.